0: Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are
1: in this world, this is Max from the Fearless Happiness podcast, and I nailed down Marshall Gillen, this awesome guest I have today. But he's been patient with me; I've been patient with him. But I think you guys are going to get some value from this gentleman. Who um, he's going to tell his story and, and and show you how you can go from you know struggling to overcoming them and to being the best at whatever it is you want to be. In his case, as a speaker. And he's a part of the same uh, Apex network that I am. So I, I was watching him and I had to tell you guys, I go, I got to get this guy on my podcast. So without further ado, what I like to do, uh, Marshall, is have you introduce yourself, exactly who you are and what it is you do. And then we're going to rock and roll.
2: Well, first off, I just want to say thank you uh, to my uh, brother in sobriety and recovery, 20 years for you, 800 days for me. And I will tell the listener real quick before we get started and I say who I am, uh, I just want you to know how much Max really cares about bringing you the value that you need in this podcast because I promise you I did not make it easy to get me here. And I wasn't trying to be a butthead. I just have so many moving parts. I'm terrible with logistics. And so, Max, honestly, thank you again uh, publicly for having me. Uh, He really cares about you all. Uh, So, as far as who I am, my name is Marshall Gillen. I'm the founder of Top Paid Speaker. And what I do is I help experts turn their messes into million-dollar messages. Uh, As a matter of fact, since 2017, we've helped my clients generate more than $125 million. We've impacted more than 5 million people globally, which is Crazy to think about, uh, but again, God's plan it's a silly life, but I'm glad I get to play this character, so it's an honor to be here today, brother
1: thank you for for taking my invitation and um but you know, here's the thing right um when i when I started this, right, or like any of us start something new, I'm like you, Marshall, I'm like logistics sometimes <laughs> that gene yeah. went like out the window, right, or time management, yeah. and I'm getting better, right, but um. I'm relentless when I want to interview a guest, right. That I think is going to help, right. It's not for me, right. That I know will help my audience yeah. grow as a human being. You know, I'll do it in a patient way, but I'll, you'll, I'll be like that little, you know, that little fly yeah. on, you know, like, Hey Marshall, remember me? I love it. I'm over here. I'm over here. Marshall, my, my audience needs your message. So <laughs> I'm so glad Go you're here. That- that persistence
2: so matters because, you know, like, what well, I'm going to share here in a little bit. And as you already know, and as some of our listeners may know and have admitted to themselves or may not have admitted to themselves yet, like addiction or, you know, trauma comes in all different shapes and sizes. Right. And so you and I have both been that dude at the bottom of the barrel in the darkest, blackest, hardest moments. And so that's why... You know, some people will listen to this and be like, oh, these guys really for real, or they're just kind of full of crap, you know? it's like, no, like, we really care about it. Like, getting this message out is my life's mission. And I know that it's part of your life's mission with what you do with counseling, with what you do with the fearless happiness. And so, I want everybody to realize that, one, you become who you surround yourself with, whether it's digitally or in person. And so, just the fact that you're here listening to this podcast proves to me, and I don't even know you yet that you're serious about becoming the man or the woman that you want to become in spite of the things that you're facing right now. And so I love your dedication to the, to the process, man. <laughs> I love the patience. I love that we're actually here and getting an opportunity to talk about these things.
1: Yeah. You're, it's funny because you'll be like, this guy's nagging me. And my wife will tell you, if I want oh, something to nag her, I'm like, no, but I'm just, I, I mean that in a funny way. Cause like, you know what I mean? I'll be like, honey, it's almost like uh, that from that show, um, god what's that guy he's really smart right and always knocks he's like whoever's like he knocks three times till he gets him to the door you know who i'm talking about that show
2: no i don't know
1: but he uh leonard his name is not leonard but one of the characters uh always knocks on the door yeah there you go right knocks on the door and says marshall marshall i was gonna do that until you go marshall marshall answer me but um so let's get into your story right so Go back as far as you want or whatever, but I like to tell. I like to have you tell my audience like some of the struggles you faced to yeah. get to where you are today. Yeah. Right, growing up into adulthood, teens, whatever, because we all have struggles, and I want to show the world that you know if you hundred percent are determined and put your mind to it, you can overcome those challenges, and you're living proof 100%. because you're here today. You know what I mean? Hundred percent, man. And I
2: really appreciate the platform to do that. You know, so for the listener who is here right now, you should know is that it wasn't like, it wasn't even that long ago that I was really struggling with life in general. All right. I was crushing it in business, but that was the only thing going good for me. I was in a toxic relationship. I was miserable. I was unhealthy. I was unhappy. I was constantly anxious. I was constantly irritable and angry. All of my friends felt like fake friends. Like I, my, I was consumed with building this company, top paid speaker, which is crazy because if you hear my background, like that point in my life when I started to build this company from 2016 to 2019, when I crashed and burned and literally lost everything. Like if you were looking at that point of my life, you would have thought, man, this dude is like the ultimate story. Like he came from nothing. Like he was an addict. He was a five-time college dropout. And then he built this business. And man, like Marshall <laughs> is great. And he's so inspiring. But on the inside, what I didn't realize at the time, Max, is that I had a whole bunch of unhealed and resolved trauma that I, I, did, I didn't know was a thing. Right. I grew up in a small town in Illinois, in the middle of nowhere. I grew up on a farm. But before that, my parents were divorced at the age of two. My father was a severe alcoholic, used to beat the hell out of my mom. One day, he threw her through our front door, and he walked out of my life, and I, we never saw him again for a long time. As I got older, he started to come in and out of my life. but. Um, you know, he was never present, never heard from him. He never came to any of my stuff. Now, in the meanwhile, my mother gets remarried at when I'm at uh, four years old and we move out to a farm with my stepfather and pretty much from the age of five until, well, I'm 38 now and this man still hates me, but he was just this angry, bitter, mean man to me. Like he would tell me how worthless I am and you're just going to be another dirtbag loser like your Mexican dad, another worth, like uh, terrible stuff, more colorful. Right. And So no matter what I did, I'd be at the farm and he'd be like, you're so stupid. Like, you don't know how to put the tractor PTO into drive and to hook that up. And then you to know to flip the switch and do the thing. You're so stupid. And I'll be like, bro, I'm five, homie, you know? <laughs> and so- so like that, like that's growing up. That's how I'm growing up. In the meantime, I'm going to school and I'm excelling at everything. I'm a captain of all my teams. I'm standout athlete, straight A student, grade school, middle school, high school, uh, active in the community and everything. Student council, class president, literally like on paper, I, I'm all the things. I'm like the all American boy. And it didn't matter how much success I had, Max, like my dad never showed up or gave me crap about anything I was doing. And my stepdad would come home and just tell me how worthless I am. And so, Although I had the best mom in the world, you know, as a young man, you're looking for some, some, somebody to tell you that they're proud of you, that, that they love you. And I didn't know at the time, dude, but what I was doing was I was trying to excel at everything so I could get their attention. Right. Well, by the time I got into high school around my junior year, I started doing, I, all my friends were drinking. I wanted to fit in and I didn't know at the time, but where I was finding acceptance was being part of the crowd. And all of a sudden, the more wild things I did. Well, Marshall's doing this or Marshall's doing that, the more people accepted me and loved me. And so it became a habit of destruction to drink and and to, at the time, you know, I was abusing prescription pills. And then fast forward to when I graduate high school, I go to, I get a full academic ride to college, but I'm so far into my addiction of cocaine and Xanax and drinking that I don't have any goals or vision. Now I'm just telling the audience this because a lot of you can probably relate to a fact. Now, of my story. It's, it's not maybe the same, but you understand what it's like of having a parent that wasn't present, or you were trying to do everything you could to be seen and heard and noticed. And yep. then somewhere in your young adult life, you took a turn and you started to make some decisions that you may now know weren't the best. But this isn't even the worst part of the story yet. Because what yep. happens then is I move out to San Diego when I'm, when I'm young, when I'm probably 19, 2000 miles away. I'm living in an apartment all by myself. There's nothing in the apartment. I'm spending all my money on, on blow. I have an air mattress and I have some clothes on the floor and I'm working some crappy job. And this was my life for like a couple of years, just partying, binge drinking six, seven nights a week, miserable, angry, fat, roast, and not, not like I was, right? Till eventually when I was 23, I got to a point where I said enough is enough. I took 53 half bars of Xanax an eight ball of cocaine and a fifth of vodka as fast as I could because I wanted to not be here anymore. Right. As soon as I did that, Max, I had instant regret. I was like terrified. I was terrified at what was happening. So I run into the bathroom to kind of start to try to throw up and it won't, nothing will come up. And I'm getting super sleepy and I am like fading. And the last thing I can remember to do is call my mom and I call my mom up. And as I'm laying, like and now as a dad, it makes me sick to even think about. Right. Right. But I'm laying on the floor 2000 miles away. And I'm telling my mom, I'm so sorry. I just took all these pills and all these drugs. And I, mom, I like, I'm not, I don't feel good. I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm fading off. And she's screaming in the phone, Marshall, wake up, Marshall, wake up. Long story longer. My I had a friend that was there who lived there. She got a hold of him. He came. Hot, the ambulance came. All the stuff. I go to the hospital. Now this is where the story really begins. Because when I woke up, the first thing I thought I was I was completely alone in this emergency room in La Jolla, California. I wake up at two thirty in the morning or so, and I had this instant feeling of gratitude. Oh my God, I'm alive! Instantly followed by the thought. Oh my God, you're even too worthless to kill yourself, dude. And I immediately saddened myself with shame and guilt. Now I'm only telling the audience this because I want you all to think about that moment in your life when you did something that is something maybe you regret or something that you, that you look back on and you, and you have so much shame about it. But what you have to understand or what I'd understand is that mess would end up becoming my message. At the time, I couldn't see it. At the time, I didn't understand that all the feelings I had were learned in programmed subconscious thoughts of unworthiness, of guilt, of shame. And so, what I did is I didn't want to go out and be the standout person anymore. And I didn't want to kill myself anymore. I just didn't care if I lived or died. And I went out and got this terrible tattoo. It actually says, live fast, die fun. <laughs> and I, right. lived, I lived I lived. this life because I'm talking reckless and destructive. And Max, you probably understand as a counselor, oh, yeah. you know, destructive, man. Until finally along the journey, I met up my best friend named Dustin. One of my best friends named Dustin. He was a few years younger than me. And Dustin and I, we hit it off right away. But it was weird because Max, he used to tell me like these really vulnerable stories about things he was feeling, right? And I don't know about y'all, but growing up in 1984 on a farm in Illinois, we didn't really, as men, talk about feelings and all (laughs) these things. (laughs) Right. And so Dustin's telling me these things. And and what I mean by vulnerabilities and these things, it's like, oh, Marshall, I'm scared of this. Or Marshall, I don't know if I'm kind of worried about that. And I'm like, this This man is opening up to me. Now, this is the kicker, Max. This dude, <clears throat> I'm 24 at the time. This dude one time tells me he loves me. He's like, yeah, hey, I love you, bro. And I'm thinking, like, oh, well, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Okay, Daphne, right. uh, uh, excuse you, bro. Uh, yeah, pound it, right? right? And so, why I'm saying this to the audience is there was this guy who came in my life who taught me how to be vulnerable and how, to, and he was a reflection of what love looked like to, to really, to it, to, to embrace a brother. Again, I didn't know that at the time. I couldn't see it. Right. So, in right around 2013, Dustin's struggling. He's living in Omaha. He's married. He's got two kids. He's deep in addiction uh, with pills. His life is spiraling out of control. And he, he, he's calling me every so often. And I'm answering the calls and I'm, I'm telling him and I'm going through it. But I don't know how to help him because I'm still in my own storm. Right. Like, I don't know what to say to him. And eventually, in in February of 2014, he calls me up and I'm like, dude, I can't tonight. I'm thinking I can't. And I ignore the call and it goes to voicemail. And I listen to the voicemail and he's crying. Hey, Marshall, it's Dustin. I really need to talk to you, man. Call me back when you can. All right, late. And he hangs up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call him tomorrow, I promise. And then tomorrow came and I was like, I'm going to call him this weekend when I have a little bit more time. And then the weekend came and I'm like, dude, I'm going to call him soon. Fast forward to March and I get a call at 4.30 in the morning and it's his sister and Dustin took his life. And it was one of the worst moments probably of my entire life because I instantly, obviously, just like when I tried to take my life, I found reason to guilt myself. And I said, man, if I'd only called Dustin would, and I told him what I'd really been feeling if I was vulnerable with him, would it have saved his life? I was 27 at the time, Max. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I didn't know anything about mentorship. I didn't know anything about God and have a relationship. I didn't know anything about any of that. But something inside of me told me that I had to tell my story. And so that's how my whole entire journey began into this business of public speaking. In 2017, I'm sorry, when I was 27, 2014, I realized that I needed to start to share more of my message, but I had zero idea what that meant. But it did get me into entrepreneurship. Now, before we went live, and if you're in the audience, if you're in the audience and you're listening to this, just give me an amen in your car, or the shower, or wherever you're at. But you said God has a timing for everything. Give me an amen to that, right? <laughs> and I believe that. It's yeah. easy for me to say that now at the age of 38, as I'm building this million dollar business and I've helped build millionaire speakers, it's easier for me to say that now. But at the beginning, I, there's not, there's max, there is less than a chance. There's not a snowball ch- chance in hell that I was ever going to be able to change my life. I want people that are listening to understand that I truly believed that there was no possible way. I wanted to in the worst way, but it just seemed so hopeless. I was a broke bartender. Nothing ever went right for me. I'm a terrible, I feel terrible about everything I do. Now, this is the point that I want to make to everybody else and how addiction and sobriety for me and recovery looks different for everybody. Just like a fitness journey, it's different for everybody. Right. I spent the next... Seven years building the business because I was taught that if I made group, made a bunch of money, had a bunch of status and helped a bunch of people that I would be happy. In 2019, I walked into my 21st floor high rise uh, penthouse car condo, downtown San Diego, overlooking the gorgeous Pacific beach. I had just hosted an event. We had like 200 people. I come up the elevator, I walk into my beautiful condo, floor-to-ceiling windows, the Pacific Ocean, the buildings are glistening in the, in the skyline right there. And I realized for the first time in my life, I'd never been more unhappy than I'd ever been ever. Not even the year that I tried to kill myself or the year that I lost Dustin. Because the story that people don't realize and the come-up that I never told back then, as I, and I told you, Max, and you already know, mm. I was severely addicted to cocaine. The more success I had, all of a sudden, the, the worse my addiction became. And I'm the dude that stand on stage. we would be like, your message is your message. I used to be a drug addict. I was a five-time college dropout. And so I was preaching this message, but I wasn't authentic. And not because I didn't want to be. I didn't know how to be. And so to the listener, I just want to reinforce the importance of finding somebody who can help you through those things. Because the reality is, Max, if I had ran into somebody that was like you, like a counselor, whether it was in the first part, the dusting part, or the part when I was having the success, if I had, had a mentor, a coach, if I had had somebody else to lean on, and this is why 90% of men fail in life, women fail in life, people fail in business. The reason is because they try to do it all alone. Right. And in my life, where I came from, that's what I was taught. Suck it up, oh, yeah. keep it shut, and keep working. And so, that was my story. And so, it's interesting because after 2019, I lost everything. I left a relationship. I left San Diego after 13 years. I burnt down my business, Top Hate Speaker, very publicly, very destructively. It was awful. I swore off everybody that loved me and supported me. I pushed them all away. It was awful. And I moved to Montana, to the mountains here, to never, ever be seen or heard again. I never wanted to coach. I never (laughs) wanted to do anything again. But it was in the mountains, dude, all by myself in that isolation that I found God and I found uh, sobriety. And so now here we are. It's time to record this podcast. I relaunched my business about, uh, it was August, 2022. It's May, it's April, 2023. And we've hit six six figures and we're crushing it for our clients. And it's like, I never missed a beat, except I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm The best father that could possibly be. I'm a great partner. And I literally, and this is not my call to action for people to necessarily get sober, but I owe it to my sobriety. I own it. I owe it to finding my shit and then handling my shit and finding somebody to help me do that. And so, it's been crazy to now, you know, here I am on your podcast, having an opportunity to share this entire message, and I know very intimately and 100% sure that it always had to be just like this for me to make the impact that God has put me on this earth to make. And so, I don't know where the listeners is at right now in your storm, but I want you to know is that I truly believe it's all for a purpose. It's all for a reason. Absolutely. And your mess is going to become a message that yep. God is
1: entrusting you to go out there and share with the world. Absolutely. Right. You see, when you went to those mountains in Montana and told God your plans, he laughed and said, No, I got other plans for you, Marshall. You think this is where <laughs> yeah. you're going, right? But here's the thing, right? As a recovering drug, uh, alcoholic and addict myself, right? Uh, I know that feeling when that about your friend Dustin, right? My brother, same thing. My brother took his life about six, almost seven years ago now. Actually, next mm, month. I'm sorry, dude. On the 24th, it'll be seven years. And, uh, Last time I had talked to him was a week before it happened, right? And he had called me two days before it happened, right? But I was busy, right? And I went through the same thing. Even with years of sobriety, in my head, it Mm. was like, okay, I could have bugged him more. I could have kept calling him and say, hey, call me back, right? Because he had called me and I was at my mom's and he was supposed to actually come meet me there before I left to Minnesota that time. And right. So I went to the restroom. My phone was on the thing. And, you know, I see a missed call and I call him and he's not answering right i'm like okay mm. so the next day i call him back hey bro call me like i saw that you called and then i'm driving to minnesota and i'm calling him and no answer right but you know i'm so focused on getting from point a to point b it doesn't really click like something might be wrong right and um
0: so yeah, in denver course.
1: colorado i'm in the middle of a denny's right with my ex fiance at the time mine And I get the call from my brother and he says, hey, look, our brother's gone. And I'm like, Mm. and if you knew my brother, he was like, you'd be like, oh, what did you do? Go camping or take off on his Harley or what? Go on some trip, like spur the moment. And that was the first time I heard my brother cry. And he said, no, our brother, he's gone. He hung himself. And Mm. let me tell you, man, one of the best books I ever read, right, was The Power of Vulnerability by Dr. Brene Brown.
2: Oh, i haven't read that actually
1: you need to read it it's it's an That's amazing my whole stuff book, right? i will and it's an amazing book but i cried like i lost my shit marshall you know what i mean because my brother and i were only two years apart out of all my siblings mm. i was closest to him because we were closest mm. in age right we went through the whole high school party together uh couldn't stand each other in our addiction right and then both mm. got sober about the same time and and just oh, shit. you know became close and we were close like as two brothers could be and right and and i do that still i kick myself like why didn't i do this you know that guilt that survivor's guilt right because there's many times right because i got taught right by my mentors and my sponsor max you were killing yourself on the installment plan every time you drank and took that needle to your arm that's what you were doing you were just too chicken and they were right i was too chicken right 100%
2: that's such a that's such a good way to put on the installment plan yeah it really is
1: and see God has a plan for all of us right and there's a reason you went through what you went through there's a reason I went through I went through right and then God brings you and I together to share our story share your story on my podcast to go doesn't matter how far down that hole you are there's people that will help you get back on your feet and right my mission 100% is to help as many people as I can find that fearless happiness, right? Even though, will we truly ever be fearless? No, but at least we we can take those steps to go, I'm scared shitless, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because I know if I don't 100%. do it, I'm going to regret it. And if I do do it, I'm going to get through it anyway. And I'm going to learn something in yeah. that process, right? So, 100%.
2: Dude, I love that. You know, and if you take a step back and you look at what you're actually doing, right? Or uh, what we actually do, which is we speak we host podcasts, we counsel, coach people. And it's, it's crazy because I want the listener to really understand, like, it truly doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or who, you, yeah. who you've who you been, like, you can completely change your life. Like 180 degrees. Again, Max, I haven't heard you, but I'm sure you would say the same thing. There was a point in my life, I'm sure a point in Max's life, like, where I knew unequivocally there was no hope. I'm like, there is no hope. There's, there's no Marshall. You don't get it. You don't know my story. Okay. I am hopeless. I am broken. I don't deserve anything. That right. was me. And yeah. I'm the same dude that was lying dead on the floor to the same guy now that's like, you know, the a sober father and partner. And it's it's I just want the listener to really, truly understand. It's like you can change anything with the right people. And with social media and a mobile phone, like you can start sharing your message or whatever your thing is right now and completely change your life, just like Max is proving, just like I've proved. And I think. I don't know. I, I get hyped up on this stuff because I just want people to understand they don't have to be trapped into whatever their whatever their lot was when they were born into.
1: You know, absolutely right. And all it takes is that one decision, right? And if you think yes. about, we 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 we've made so many decisions that <laughs> right we were ashamed of that we didn't like, right? But now you get to ask yourself, like, is this going to hurt me or help me, right? And if it's anywhere on the side of help me. Don't be afraid, do it right? Reach out for help. Like I tell people, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I've done it so many times, right? Like like i when I so in that year almost a little over a year when I lost my sister, I lost my brother six months to the day on Thanksgiving, I would lose my mother. then that following Jeez, monday man. my my youngest daughter, I would put in treatment, and I was <laughs> like, right and and I know you've had these conversations, right? Like I'm driving down the road and I'm having this like me and God are yeah. homeboys. And I'm like, Hey God, what the F, you know what I mean? I'm throwing, and I know he's listening, right? Like he's, and I don't care who you are, right? People, you don't have to be like proper, just talk to him or whatever your belief is and and, and go, okay, I need to do something different. Right. Cause if I didn't, yeah. I wouldn't be having this conversation with with Marshall today and having him share his story on my podcast because he said it perfectly, right? doesn't matter where you are, who you are, you can get out of it. Right. And you got to start surrounding yourself with the right people. Right. Cause we hear it in our group all the time. Right. You're like the, what do you call it, the thing The you're a direct result of the five people you hang out with. Right. So yeah, yeah. if I'm hanging around five thieves, I'm probably going to be the sixth. But if I make that That's decision to start surrounding myself with millionaires then I'm going to be the sixth, Right. Yeah. Not saying it comes to you easy. You got to do the work, but hang around the people that like, I'm sure you have it right. Marshall, the people that keep you accountable, right? Like that love you enough. That will tell you the truth and go, Hey, Marshall, I think you're like, you're fucking up a little bit. You need to come back over to this side. Right. Um, so share some of that, like, especially being a business owner, right? Like it takes a lot of your time. Right. And and you got Mm -hmm. family, you got a partner, you got your kids, Like, how do you handle that stuff, right? And still keep like, you know, and take care of yourself.
2: Yeah, dude, that's a really good question. I think it kind of stems back to what we were just talking about, which is like all the things that people struggle with in the beginning, okay? And it really is, you become a product of your environment. So in the beginning, when people want to change their life, they they go, okay, Max, Marshall, I hear you guys, but like, how do I do that? Okay, I'm going to let the audience in on a little secret. Max, you already know this, but- I want you guys to think about healing in general okay if i cut myself right what happens does it just heal instantly or no it's like it scabs up and it starts right. to like crust over and it hurts it starts to hurt for a while and then that hurt becomes like an annoying itch and i'm not gross so i don't pick my scabs but it's i'm a team not <laughs> scab picker right so i hope you're not the other one. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> you're no. Max
2: in general i hate that but i got some people like they love to pay i'm like Ugh, grossest thing. Oh, no, I would I take them out, out of my alarm, house. I hate it, oh, Bro, Right oh, out, right, dude, right out dude. Point being, though, is that healing is your capacity to hold pain. Healing is your capacity to experience the pain. Healing is not devoid of pain. Okay? It doesn't mean that healing is no pain at all. So why I say this is because what happens in most people, whether it's an addiction, uh, it could be drugs, alcohol, booze. I mean, drugs, alcohol, booze. It could be drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, building a business, working out, shopping. It could be a plethora of different things. But the point of it is, is that where addictions come from is distraction. And because there's something in our current reality that feels so icky, something we can't deal with that we have to constantly distract ourselves from, from it. And so why I'm sharing all this max into the audience, it's like, okay, cool. Well, first and foremost, you got to take a look at your actions and figure out what, what are the actions that you're taking. Are they producing a resourceful result or an unresourceful result? And then the next thing you have to understand is, okay, cool. Well, who are the people that I'm hanging out with when I'm taking these results? Right. And then you get you identify that. But the thing of it is is people start to subtract these people from their life, and then boom, Max, you know, that's when the problem happens because they're alone with themselves. Yeah. And they go. Oh, I just can't, I just, I can't be, I just don't, I don't do well sitting alone. Like my mind goes a mile a minute. Like I just, I don't, and that is the problem is because you're constantly distracted from yourself. You're not sitting in the pain and the, and the emotions that you're feeling. Because as soon as you feel that anxiety or that anger or whatever that is, you want to get up and go play the video game or go do the thing. When in reality, healing is your ability to sit there in the pain and observe it. And process it. So it's always, I always think about that, Max. I'm like, yes, that is a very common thing. You're your product. You're the product of your environment and it sounds sexy. But when you really talk about, well, how do I get there? First off, you got to get aware of your actions and then get the people out of your life who support those actions. It's not that you're better than them. It's that you're going to drive in this lane up here right now. And it's not saying that in that you guys can't come with me in my lane up here. I'm just not going to drive in that lane down there anymore. Because this is my lane and understanding right. that when you go up to that new lane, the people you're surrounded with, not everybody that came with you can go with you right. and you're going to have to let some people go and understanding yep. what are those triggers and what are the distractions and can I sit in that pain long enough to let it process? Because what I found Max, I didn't try to do that. I came to Montana. I lived in the cabin where there was hard, no internet service. And when you drive anywhere out here, that's not in the city. There's no internet service up here in Montana. So right. literally I'm in Montana in the cabin. I have no internet service. It's I'm snowed in, so I can't drive my Jeep literally even out of my thing. I have no drugs. I have no alcohol anymore. <laughs> and all I can do is literally just sit there. And I know not everybody can go do that. But what I learned is it's the isolation that allows you to become aware of the pain. It's the connection to other people that allow you to begin to heal it. So healing is a two-step thing. Like You you got to be in isolation of some sort, mentally, emotionally, to be able to come aware of the problem. To be able to pinpoint it, to accept it, to forgive yourself, but it's only through being able to have the reflection of other people can you begin to grow out of it. Because otherwise, it's just a constant reflection of yourself, dude.
1: Absolutely. And one thing that you said earlier when we first started the podcast, right, which a lot of people have gone through, and you know, especially when you find out, um, you know, in their recovery from addiction, right, that like you got told by your stepdad, like you're you're stupid, and you know what I mean. I've had that happen. Maybe un. You know, like not on purpose, but that stuff sticks with you, right? And it's that internal dialogue that keeps you stuck sometimes. So, yes, Marshall is on point when he could "Go get help, figure out who you're hanging with, right, to help you get rid of that negative self-talk." Because I think that keeps us stuck more than anything, right? Because we go, we have this upper, we have this opportunity. I'm just going to use you for example, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go speak on Marshall's stage, right? And then all of a sudden. That little voice comes back and goes, you ain't good enough to do that. You're dumb. You yeah. don't have a message, right? Yeah. And that's when people go, I can't do it. Marshall, I'm sorry. I can't do it. Uh, and make up some excuse, right? Oh, my, I'm having surgery on that day or whatever, right? When reality is we're afraid because of those voices that we heard way back when. 100%. Trust me. It's taken me a long time. And sometimes it still creeps back. 100%. But like you said, because of the people I hang out with who have kept me accountable, both in my recovery community and Apex, right? I got those people behind me going, no, dude, you're doing it anyway. Yeah, 100 right? Take that first step. Yeah. And I got to tell you real quick, and you said something else too that brought this up. I was watching this video, right? And there were it was this guy that was um, interviewing some ex-gang members, right? Samoan gang mm. members, right? In LA somewhere. And... And all of them had done probably 20 years plus in prison, right? But now they're out and they're trying to carry the message of God. And they're trying to, you know, like help the younger generation, right? Not go through what they went through. And this guy, he said it, and I wish I knew his name because I want to give him credit. And I will find out his name. But he said, I used to think I was a product of my environment. Then I realized I was a product of my decisions. And I just went, Mm, holy shit, man, that was 100% true right there. Right. So now. Dude, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so tell them Marshall, right? Like now we can change those decisions that are going to help us. Right. And well, help dude, us grow.
2: Yeah. You, you mentioned something that just reminded me, you know, um, the 12 step program wasn't necessarily for me when I went to my addiction counselor out here, because what happened was I was in a room full of people who were much further behind me in the idea of personal development, not that I'm better, it's just different. And so some of the things I was saying and the, and the things I was understanding, Really triggered them, and like made them feel like um, like I thought I was better than everybody, which I, that was not it at all, right? Right. So that didn't work for me. I just I'm saying that because I I to, I don't know why I said that. Some people out there, I just want you to know that there's different ways to recover. Maybe recovery is not for you. But with one thing I did get. I, Maybe going to a traditional recovery group is not for you. Right. Not that recovery is not for you. Right. Slow down, bro. But what I did get, what I did get from my recovery group, that was the most beneficial, and it literally has been, it's been very impactful in my life. Is and you've heard this before: is you're not responsible for your first thought. That's the first thing they taught me. Right. You're not responsible for your third, first thought. So you wake up and it's like, oh, I'm going to use. Wait, nope, Marshall, stop. You're not responsible for that thought. But you do get to take responsibility for your second thought, and which goes right in alignment with what you just said, Max, right. is I'm a product of my decisions. And so really, the first step in personal development is what Max just said, becoming aware of your self-talk. It's the biggest game changer. It's the first place I ever started. And really, what I want you to think about it is like, if you've ever been to a club, right? You guys know that if you look a certain way or do a certain way, you don't fit the club, like you don't get in. Right, You come up to the door, the bouncer says, hell no, you ain't getting it. And he bounces right. your ass out. Right. So I say that to be silly because I want you guys to remember that you're not responsible for your first thought and you, your consciousness gets to play the bouncer to your melon. And so when that first thought shows up at the door to get in and you can get really good at, at recognizing that, that, that wise guy trying to get in the door, you can bounce it out. And so really... I want you to, everybody to understand is that if you're looking for that place to start, it's exactly what Max said. Become aware of your self language. Every time you're telling yourself, I can't. Every time you're telling me, tell yourself, Oh, I wish or I could do, become aware of these things and understand how you can change your languaging into yourself. Now I have any, at the time of recording this, I have an event coming up next week, a uh, four day or three day boot camp here in Montana. People pay me a lot of money. They're going to come up and I'm going to teach you about speaking. I've done this hundreds of times, bro, and I feel inadequate. I feel right now at the time of recording this podcast, like, oh my God, what if they come and I can't give them any value? Like you know what I'm saying? You're so gonna kill it. I want bro. people to well, I, and I know that, but I've gotten I, I had to become the person when that thought comes in, like you just said, where I go, Ugh. where I don't judge it. I don't give it meaning. I'm not going to create that energy inside of me anymore. But uh, you are a very patient man. It took a lot of practice to the listeners. But I started to be able to observe these feelings and emotions without detaching and being reactive to them. And it's taken a lot of practice. It's taken a lot of practice. Okay. It's taken a lot of practice.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: but I become, I become aware of these thoughts. And then, Max, you know, like once you can take control of that first thought, decide, no, dude, that's not my story. I, I accept that that used to be my story, but this is the one that I'm starting now. And again, you may have to do that every 10 seconds in the very beginning. And you know yeah. what? That's okay. That's okay. But once you take control of your thoughts and what you allow to be true in your melon, that's when you take start to be able to have sovereignty over your life, over who you are. And it just comes with changing the story. Uh, it's it, But again, you can't change that frame or have that observation unless you join somebody to help you
1: that's it right and you know like the greats always say right the thoughts become things right and and that goes for negative and positive right so the more we tell ourselves we're not good enough of course it shows up in our life and we're not good enough but if we tell ourselves i'm worthy i can do this i'm going to do this it's going to happen guess what it's going to happen right and As you know, like some of the books I've read, like David Goggins, man, he's all about the brain and and telling yeah. like your brain is much more powerful than your body and you can get it to 100%. do whatever you want. Right.
2: So, well, dude, everything started as a thought first, like this water bottle started as a thought before it ever became a thing, you know? Right. And so it, it's, I want people to understand that it is true. Like visualization, it's you obviously don't just think it and then say it and it shows up. Like Max said earlier, you've got to put in the work. You got to find people to help you close the gap in this material world. But without going deep into it, like, really, like, you guys can go look for yourself. Quantum physics proves that yeah. physical matter doesn't actually exist. Like, there, there's literally science that proves that none of this is actually real. So, how can it be real if it's not? It doesn't even make any sense, but science proves that it's not. And science proves also through quantum physics in a study you guys can find online that thoughts literally become things That that that... Infinite matter doesn't actually become physical matter until it's observed by a conscious energy. So I don't know who the person was that designed this perfect game, but if you think that there's nobody above you, like you must be crazy, because literally the game was designed because your thoughts are met, ma- your thoughts are electric, and your feelings are magnetic. And when you can have heart and mind coherence, and you can create that electromagnetic field around you, which again, science pre- like you can literally measure on a on a on a uh, like a little freaking thing. Right. That's the word I'm looking for. I that, that you have electromagnetic field around you. And so, we, yeah. literally, when we say that thoughts and feelings become things, it's true. And if you can really get deep into that and understand that everything you experience in this external reality is actually a direct reflection of the thoughts and feelings that you had first, you're going to start to see li- really crazy patterns in your life. And you're going to be like, damn, I'm the master of my own fate. And once you start to believe that, it becomes easier to start taking action. But again, it's a little deep down the rabbit hole
1: right but they need to hear that right because it's true they the science has proved we live there's a vibration that comes off of us yes but it's not as uh some people live at a higher vibration right we know a lot of people in our group and even like you see like the tony robbins right their vibration is 100 those people tell you that any of us could get there we just have to learn how to do things a little bit differently right
2: yeah dude yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love that you said that with the vibrations. Oh, It just made me think of something. It's like, um, you know, imagine for people who may think this is kind of weird. I just want to share this real quick. It's like, imagine if you had a real big rock that was like 10 pounds and you had a rock that was like two pounds and you're standing back and you drop them both equally at the same time. Okay. And they fell into the water. They're going to create waves or ripples. First off, you have to understand is that waves or ripples in water is just energy moving through the water. So, it's just energy that you can literally see moving because it's in water. Right. If I drop one big rock and one small rock and they both hit the water at the same time, what's going to happen? The little rock is going to create these a little bit longer waves, a little bit longer, less, less, less um, strength in their waves. The big right. one is going to go super <laughs> wavy like this. Right. So, I want you to understand is that there literally is a difference between high vibration and low vibration and what happens when the two meet the big vibration is always going to swallow up the other frequency and push it right. the other way and so you got to understand is that literally who you surround yourself with matters because the frequencies that you are in make a difference absolutely. and you can tell it by dropping a rock into the water so anyways I,
1: absolutely and that would that leads me into some of the questions i want to ask you right so i wrote a book called fearless happiness my addiction my battles my recovery so i like to ask my Love guests it. What does fearless mean to you, Marshall? And how does that show up in your life today?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I remember you kind of asking this question before we got on, and then you mentioned something about it uh, earlier in this podcast. Like, is when we when are we ever really fearless? And so again, it's interesting because it's you know at 38 years old, it's morphed for me definitely now. But um, you know, I I would not personally strive to be fearless. You know, and that's no knock against the podcast at all because I look at life as like. um, we get to feel the spectrum of emotions. And so fear is one of those things that I get to fear that I get to feel. And I'm not saying it like used as motivation and like that is all true, but I'm just saying in general honoring this sacredness that i get of life <clears throat> if i never wanted to feel fear again it'd be like i never wanted to see the color red in the rainbow i'd be like no i don't really like that that color so let's get that one out of the spectrum <laughs> right. and I'm like you know what uh, i'm not really doing teal anymore so get that one out and so every time that we try to and again this is not like picking on the, on the name it's just like when we're trying to live this fearless life that's not really achievable in my mind because i can't live without fear that's the thing i get to do because i'm alive But I can understand how to become fearless by being courageous. And so honoring, like uh, being in Montana is weird, bro, because I'm up by the mountains and like this Native American culture uh, and it permeates into me. And when I think of Native American culture, I think of them sitting and honoring those emotions and those feelings and understanding where they come from. And that detaching from the fear is what allows you to have power over it. So now when I'm fearful, I get to look at it. I'm like, damn, you're being a silly human, bro. I'm right. like, you're being the silly. Hu-. I'm like, you get to be alive playing a silly game as a human. God, tell me what's really up. And then God right. sounds like me, surprise, surprise, like to me, right? And God's like, yeah, dude, come on, Marshall. You know, you know that's not true. And so I guess that's what fearless kind of would mean to me is, you know, not fearless almost.
1: <laughs> right. I always, if you think if you break it down, it's more what I want people to get, like, and you got it, is just fear less, right? We're gonna fear, oh. but fear. Less, right? And take those actions, like you said, right? Like, I'm like, there's times I've done shit, you know, I'm scared shitless, but I'm going to do it anyway because I got taught 100%. Right? Because usually when I'm embracing that suck or leaning into the suck, right? I'm learning a lesson that I need to learn and I'm going to get through it. Right. And sometimes there's even a lesson within that lesson, right? Which I've learned from some of my mentors and stuff. That brings me to the next question, right? So happiness, I don't know if you could see it, but I put a why in it for a reason. Yes. So I'm going to ask you, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis?
2: You know, you know, I was curious the first time I said that, I think I even reached out to you. I'm like, what, what, what's the story behind the why and the happiness, right? <laughs> and so uh, it was, it, it was, it caught my eye, but I, I wasn't really sure, you know, I, I couldn't defer what the meaning was behind it. But for me, you know, happiness again, I love happiness. It feels good to feel happy, but happy is a fleeting emotion. And so for me, I'm always trying to find the joy in the things that I do because again, I this is not going to be necessarily relatable to some of the people listening because I, maybe they just haven't done the same work that we have done. And I don't mean this as like, I'm bad, nothing like that. But again, to me, happiness is just a cloud in the sky that I get to experience. And so I, I have no more meaning or attachment to being happy or as I do to being fearful or Whatever, being angry. These are just emotions I get, get to feel. The one thing that I always set an intention on for me is to be joyful. How can I find joy in the contrast of life? And so more than just happiness, fear and happiness together in the title you have is actually means more to me because it's more of an alignment of like, like, listen, these are all the things I get to experience. I'm joy I find joy in the contrast, which means that I'm alive. Right. Because as soon as that duality is gone, the lights are out. And what's the difference?
1: Right. Yeah, and it's funny that you said that because a lot of people say, hey, you spelled that wrong. And I go, no, I did it for a reason. So I'll tell you why I put the why there, right? And tell if you me. think about it, right? That why starts with you. The happiness starts with you. It starts in here, right? And if I can be happy with the man looking back at me in the mirror, mm-hmm. I get to experience joy because then nothing else I matters. I love that. Right? because as much as i love my wife she can't always make me happy right as much as i love my grandkids well i'll take it back because i got the cutest granddaughters in the world right they can make me happy but you know what i mean like i had to find I do, bro and through my recovery process that no one was going to make me happy right yeah and then when i realized that i'm the person that gets to make me happy and right which in turn then got me into what I do for a living and doing this podcast. Right. Cause this podcast brings me joy and all the guests, like I'm so blessed to have you on here and all the other guests I've had on here. Right. Because I get to meet new people and, you know, and, and so that's what it meant for me. Right. But I always like to see if people always ask me, how, what do you mean by the why bro? Like, tell me what you mean. So there's my definition of why I. Dude, It's perfect.
2: I love that. I love that (laughs) dude.
1: Awesome. But I love your definition, right? Because it's true. Like happiness is fleeting where joy is lasting. I love it.
2: Well, I do. But the same thing too, is it makes me think of me like, Oh, well, my grandkids. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like I'm sure they're the best. Right. So I'm going to take it with them, but Max only gets to be happy from them because Max has made the choice to allow himself to be the kind of man that gets to be a good grandpa. Right. right. The, Absolutely. The, they had the fleet, like maybe you get to experience happiness for a brief moment, but if you're not actually happy as an individual, when you leave your grandchildren, you're going to guilt yourself or shame yourself for not being the best for your grandkids or how you wish you could do more or how all these things, right? So right. that that's the thing is I love how you like, start with starts with me because the best thing that anybody can do, which I already know Max is, which I know that you already know Max is find the happiness for themselves to find joy for themselves. Because then when it permeates from you, that's what you give to other people. So I love that dude.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that leads me into this. So, anyone in our audience goes, man, I really love what Marshall had to say. I want to be a speaker. Where can they find you, Marshall? And how can they work with you if they want to work with you?
2: Yeah, man, I really appreciate that. To be honest with you, some some people aren't meant to work with me. Some people uh, (laughs) are meant to work with me and some people are all the way in between, but I love to tell stories. And so I have no thing for you to go download or do. Simply, if you like what we talked about today, go to your favorite social media platform and just add me. Like, I'm just a regular dude, like send me a message, say what's up. Let's engage with each other and uh, let's get to know each other because I have a lot more to offer to life. Like you Sam, like Sam Max, (laughs) other than just uh, being able top paid speaker. And so I don't want somebody to hear it and be like, oh, I'm not going to follow him because what's the, I'm not a speaker. Like, no, listen, we talk about all kinds of things. I'm on a mission to save lives, the power of vulnerability and storytelling. And so if you feel like you could use more of that in your life, go find me on social media at Marshall Gillen. Shoot me a message and let's just be pals in real life.
1: You hear that audience? Now you know why I wanted him on the show. Because it's not just about his speaking thing, is because he wants to bring value to any of you, any of us, right? Which he did today. So I appreciate that so much, Marshall. <laughs> Thank you. But I get to ask one last question before we part okay. ways, right? And this is it. What is the one piece of advice you would give my audience to help them grow as a human being and become a better person?
2: Yeah, your message, your message. Like truly, like the story that you're telling yourself about the things that you have gone through literally makes a difference. So, like, there, there is a version of you five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. There's a version of you 10 years ago who's literally crying out to God right now for you to stand up into your purpose and claim it. Because God has a plan that's bigger than you, that's more divine than you could ever imagine. And you think, oh, all these terrible things have happened to me. My life sucks. And I'm here to tell you, absolutely not. I promise you, if you can have a little faith and take a step back, that that mess, the worst pain that you've ever been through can become a message, can become the purpose, the potential, the power that you have to go out and save a life. Because the old version of you needs to hear what it is that you're going through. I'm not telling you to be a famous speaker. I'm not telling you to build a business, although I think you should. I'm just saying in general, it doesn't matter if you're the lady at the bakery, like your mess is your message. And the sooner that you can learn how to share that with vulnerability and power, you're going to create and hold the space for God to put other people inside of so they can heal and you give them the permission to be the person they've always wanted to become. So I think the last thing I would say to anybody is that your mess is your message. Lean into it and you realize that it can become a gift to go out and save the old version of you.
1: Awesome. I love it. Whoa, that was, that was awesome. Thank you, sir. Cool, man. You heard it, everybody. So as I always do at the end, right? If Marshall made you think, if he made you smile, he made you laugh. He made you go, Hmm. If he made you cry, if you just, if you learned something, please go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review so everybody could find the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to have to bring, I know I'm going to bring on Marshall again, because we could have kept going for a long oh, for time. Sure. So, sir, I appreciate you. I thank you for being here and taking the time out of your busy schedule to be
0: with me and my audience. So, everybody, until next time, we will see you later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, Know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.